So often, we get caught up in the strong current of situations at work and at home that we end up constantly riding the waves of circumstances that each day brings. We become so accustomed to riding the waves of circumstance that we eventually become passive in our own lives as we wait for things to happen to us. We have got to move from being passive to being intentional in building the life, family, and leadership we want. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we'll learn four ways to live, work, and lead intentionally so we can build the life we actually want to live. There is a quote that I love from Michael Gerber in his book, The E-Myth Revisited. Gerber says, quote, the difference between great people and everyone else is that great people create their lives actively while everyone else is created by their lives, passively waiting to see where life takes them next. The difference between the two is the difference between living fully and just existing. The difference between the two is living intentionally and living by accident. Wow. Well, when he puts it like that, I'm sure that, like me, you sure as heck don't want to live your life by accident as you just, air quote, exist. No, we should want to live and work intentionally. We shouldn't want to be victims of every circumstance, but want to be active participants in leading, planning, and living into our purpose for our lives. So this week, we're going to learn about how to intentionally develop a vision for the life we want to live and how a clear vision for our work and our family is an important part of that. So here's the stumbling block many of us trip over in our lives. We become victims to circumstances instead of intentional leaders of our lives, families, and careers. So what do I mean by that? I mean that yes, stuff happens. (laughs) Stuff happens and situations arise that are unexpected, but there is a way that we can be proactive and intentional instead of always being reactive. So often we get caught up in the strong current of situations at work and at home that we end up constantly riding the waves of circumstance that each day brings. We become so accustomed to riding the waves of circumstance that we eventually just become passive in our own lives as we wait for things to just happen to us. We have got to move from being passive to being intentional in building the life, family, and leadership we want. Intentions, intentional, intentionality. Any way you say it, when you use these words, you are asking about someone's plan, aim, deliberate actions, or purpose in something. Now, I must confess that in addition to hosting this podcast, I also have a blog called Rocks Before Sand. And one of our core values or essential rocks of that blog is intentionality. And we define intentionality this way. Developing thoughts, beliefs, desires, hopes, and actions towards specific goals. Our belief is that in all circumstances, we can be deliberate in focusing on the essential rocks. Our action 
is that we plan, act, and react, and embrace only the things that will add to the mission of significance in our lives on the essential rocks. And the outcome of all of that is that we are not victims of circumstance, but continue to learn and grow from all situations. So that's an example, a specific example of intentionality. And what I hope to accomplish today is we talk through how can we be intentional in our lives? Okay, so now I want you to think about this. Are you being deliberate with your life? Are you deliberate in leading your family? Intentional and deliberate in leading at work? Today we're going to learn about four ways to live, work, and lead intentionally so we build the life we actually want to live. So if you feel caught up in the strong waves of your current circumstances, you're going to learn how to develop a, hmm, let's think of it, a strong enough gravitational force that you can pull yourself out of the current situation so that you can be intentional in your priorities and reaching your mission, vision, and goals for your life, family, and career. Our first step in being intentional in leading our life, family, and career is to develop a clear mission for our life. Your mission is your purpose and why you exist. It even extends to what business you're in. So your mission is your higher purpose, or to say it another way, it's your why behind your what. Now, as an individual, your mission is why God created you. As a family, your mission is why your family was especially formed by God. And as a leader or organization, your mission is why you serve your stakeholders. Rarely do people take the time to be intentional in discussing and clarifying their mission for their life, their family, and their work. But why? Knowing your purpose or mission for life at home and at work clarifies why you do what you do. And without it, you and everyone else that you lead will lose their way. Individuals lose their way when they don't know their purpose. Families drift apart and become dysfunctional when they don't know their purpose. And organizations fail to make a positive impact when their employees don't know their purpose. Your mission answers the why question to everything that you do. So to dive deeper with mission and purpose, let's talk about your work. Because if you've ever heard about a mission statement, it would be in the professional context of your organization. So why? Because most organizations at least have a mission statement. Your family may not, you may not, but your organization probably does. Now, however, and unfortunately, the mission statement is probably something that is rarely talked about and rarely intentionally promoted to live up to. And almost never is it tied to a higher purpose that actually motivates people. Now, I don't mean to seem all doom and gloom about organizations, but as Blanchard, Hodgins, and Henry say in their book, Lead Like Jesus, an effective mission statement should express a higher purpose for the greater good and give meaning to the efforts of each individual in the organization. Now, how many of us actually know and see our higher purpose for the greater good within our career? My gut says very few. Unfortunately, if I were to ask you what business you were in, the fact is that you and almost everyone else would answer that question with a generic career category. I'm in marketing. I'm in oil and gas. I'm in retail. I'm in education. Or I'm in the restaurant business. Ugh. Where's the passion and purpose in those answers? 
People, we've got to stop looking at our business as a category in a J-O-B and start diving deep into the purpose that is at the heart of what we actually do. So let me talk about some examples. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is technically in the chicken and fast food business, but that's not their mission. Their mission and their why of who they are, and I pulled this directly from their website, says, we should be about more than just selling chicken. We should be a part of our customers' lives and the communities in which we serve. (laughs) Wow. And boy, are they a part of our lives and communities. From school events to local community races, they are everywhere. And everyone that has served Chick-fil-A knows it is their pleasure to serve us. So let's switch to a different company. What about Disney World? Technically, they're in the theme park business, but that's not their mission. They are in the happiness business. Every single person that works at Disney knows their mission to bring happiness and joy to their customers. And Southwest, the airlines. Technically, they're in the airline business, but their mission is about connecting people to what is important in their lives. And yes, I got that off their website too. So if Chick-fil-A's mission is serving a community, Disney World's is about creating happiness, and Southwest's is about connecting people to what's important, let me ask again, what business are you in? What is the why behind the what that you do? Do you have a clear mission and purpose for what you do in your life, in your family, and in your business? If not, and you're the leader of a team or an organization, you need to stop right now. (laughs) Stop and clarify what the purpose is and make it tied to something that's a higher purpose that everyone can be motivated by. And don't just print it on a poster and slap it on a wall. That does nothing. Your mission is something that you talk about and teach constantly. You explain it thoroughly and you test for understanding. You don't assume that they get it the first time and they're good to go. You have to impress it upon them. You impress it upon everyone in the organization through repetition and talking about it over and over and over again. Everything your organization does should be directly tied to accomplishing the mission. Now, what if you're an employee and your organization lacks that mission? Start the conversation and advocating for clarity of a mission. All right, so let's recap. Our first step to being intentional in leading our life, family, and career is to develop a clear mission for our life, clarifying our purpose and why we exist. Now, we should refer to it daily and it should drive everything we do on a daily basis. Our second step to being intentional in leading our life, family, and career is to develop clear boundaries. Clear boundaries really help you develop not only clarity, but harmony in all the areas of your life. It establishes what is you and what is not you, what deserves your time and attention and what doesn't. And it establishes what you bring into your life, your home, or your work and what you do not. (laughs) Having clear boundaries is a must in developing harmony and peace in your life. Now, I do talk explicitly about harmony in podcast episode number eight. So if you missed it, go back in, listen, and, and check it out there. But by establishing clear boundaries with everything and everyone, you truly become more peaceful in your decisions of what to give your time, talents, 
and affections too. All right, so let's talk about two specific boundary markers that affect us in every area of life, family, and work. First, our calendars. Do you run your calendar or does your calendar run you? Are you saying yes to every activity, request, and opportunity laid before you? I know so many people pleasers out there <laughs> that become completely overwhelmed because they have said yes to too many good things. People pleasers tend to not have clear boundaries between who they are and what they want and other people. They feel compelled to say yes to save hurt feelings only to later have resentment towards saying yes. Now you need to decide your priorities for the life you want to live and to say no to all the good ideas out there that essentially don't move the needle towards your life priorities, values, and goals. By saying no to the good and controlling what gets on your calendar, you become free to step out of being in the business to actually work on the business. Let me say that another way. You become free to step out of being in your life where you can work on your life. Now, I want to remind you of a phrase I heard <laughs> that while it may be a little unorthodox, it has really helped me break my people-pleasing ways, and I actually have used it on the podcast before. When presented with an opportunity, if your answer is not a hell yes, then your answer should be a no. In other words, if the activity or opportunity doesn't align so strongly to your life's priorities, then you need to say no. Stop filling up your calendar with sand elements of events and only allow rock elements or those essential priorities to take up your time, talents, and affections. So now let's talk about a second boundary marker that affects us in every area of life, family, and work. And that second boundary marker is our emotions. Do you run your emotions or do your emotions run you? Emotional intelligence is a huge skill set that helps you develop clear boundaries for understanding and leading your feelings. So often we let our feelings lead us. Now emotions, again, remember I'm from the country, so emotions can be like wild pigs. They burst onto the scene and uproot anything and everything in their path, causing major disruption to the ecosystem. This is the opposite of what our emotions should do, but if we let them be in control, that's exactly what they do. <laughs> When situations arise, we should have clear boundaries about how other forces are allowed to affect our emotions. As an emotionally intelligent leader, you are able to choose your reaction rather than feel your reaction. By having clear boundaries with your emotions, you set yourself up for choices to lead and feelings to follow instead of the other way around. So for example, let's talk about marriage. Nothing, <laughs> nothing sparks emotions quite like our romantic relationships. But if our marriage is based on this emotion of sweet gaga love, right, always being present, then it's no wonder so many marriages end up because of infidelity or that uh, famous irreconcilable differences. If a couple has a string of bad circumstances in their relationship, of course the emotion of love won't be created. The marriage was led by emotions and not choices, and that's why it was an unhealthy marriage. In healthy marriages, each spouse chooses devotion and selfless service over love. Now sure, the feeling of love will mostly be present, 
But there will come a season of life where maybe one spouse is suffering from excessive stress because of work, and the other spouse chooses to listen and support instead of demanding that the feeling of romance and romantic love always be present. So let's talk about another example. Another example is bringing home our stressed out emotions from work to our family. At work, you might feel like you're doing battle all day long because you're working with difficult clients or maybe you're working with disgruntled employees and that has anger building up inside of you. But you know you can't go off on the clients or the employees, so you bring those emotions home and guess what? You lose your temper with your family. You unleash them on your family. Try not to do that. Don't let your emotions control you. Choose instead to not let others have power over your emotions. Now, I absolutely love the way Dave Ramsey explains this topic. He says, you need to hang up the sword when you get home. Oh, that's such a great visual, isn't it? Whenever you get home, you need to take the sword of stress and emotions and anger or whatever else from work, and you need to hang it up at the door. So when you come home to your family, you hang up the sword and you are present with them. All right, so to recap, our second step to being intentional in leading our life, family, and career is to develop clear boundaries. Two specific boundary markers we can establish is who or what runs our calendar and our emotions. Do others run your calendar and affect your emotions or do you control both? Okay, before we move on to number three, I wanna really take some time to connect steps one and two because so often the first few steps are the hardest in making change. Now, step one is having a clear understanding of the mission and step two is having clear boundaries. Now, so often we can start strong and develop a mission statement, but then allow unimportant and non-essential things to rob us of our time, talents, and affections in actually working towards the mission. Without a clear sense of boundaries, we can easily lose our focus of our purpose and our why. In other words, <laughs> we can easily become Doug the dog from the Disney movie Up. Squirrel! <laughs> Have you seen that movie where he's constantly being distracted? Squirrel! Now, here's a good litmus test concerning steps one and two. So a litmus test with work. Are you always working in the business that you never have time to work on the business? Are you working so much in the business, the day-to-day -day tasks and problems, that you never get time for the priorities of working on the business, which would be developing vision, mission, and equipping and empowering those you lead to make an impact? A litmus test with your family is, is everyone in your family going their own ways and connecting more with their devices than with each other? Is your family so busy with activities that you never sit down to have dinner or just talk? Now let's look at yourself, a litmus test with yourself. Do you spend time with God daily so he can fill your heart with his purpose for your life? Ah, another question. Do you feel peace in what can be considered chaos? That can only be found by spending time with God. Now, to be effective in living out your life, family, and work mission, it is imperative that you have clear boundaries between what supports the mission and what doesn't. If something doesn't support your mission, it's not allowed in. Our third step to being intentional in leading our life, family, and career is to develop a clear vision of the future. 
So often, people get mission and vision confused. I was one of them too for a long, long time. Mission is the purpose and why you exist. And vision is your hope for the future. So think of vision as the destination of where you want to go. What the future will be like if you were to, let's say, fully live out your mission and everything goes according to plan. Without a clear picture of where you are going, your followers will have a hard time getting there. I absolutely love what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Every one of us needs to know where we're going. Now, it must be clarified that vision is not a goal. A goal is something you want to reach, and then you work until you actually reach it. I'm sure you've heard of SMART goals. So I want to lose 15 pounds in one month is a goal. But now going back to Blanchard, Hodgins, and Henry, a vision is ongoing, evolving. It's hope-filled, and it looks to the future and excites people. So they also mentioned Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, I Have a Dream, and how it was all about vision. His vision was of a nation where people are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And what a beautiful vision that is. But it's not something that we should ever stop striving for. Vision is important because it helps us see where we're going. And man, visualization is such a powerful tool when it comes to truly connecting with a mission. Vision is what helps people continue to have hope for a better future because it's future focused. So now listen to this. When a pandemic comes or inflation skyrockets or an industry tanks during a recession, the vision provides a bright light of hope for the future, even through the toughest of times. So once you know your purpose, your mission, and you've committed to developing clear boundaries so you can focus on your mission, you need to to start working and visualizing what the future would look like if you fulfilled your mission. So I wanna give you a few specific examples of a vision from various organizations. So the Alzheimer's Association, their vision is a world without Alzheimer's disease. The Teach for America organization, their vision is one day, all children in this nation will have the opportunity to attain an excellent education. And let's not forget our best friend, I'm sure it's a lot of people out there, Netflix. Their vision consists of helping content creators around the world to find a global audience. Well, I don't know about you, but I definitely watch more globalized shows on Netflix than I ever have before. (laughs) All right. Now, I want to talk about my personal vision. Let's get with uh, an individual and family-based example. My personal vision in my parenting includes three things. As my children grow, I want them to develop a deep faith healthy relationships, and good stewardship of their finances. In other words, my life's passion and hope for my children is that they truly come to know Jesus as their Savior, that they will develop healthy relationships with their future spouse, children, and others, and that they are able to pay their bills through legal employment and without living in debt. (laughs) Yes, I emphasize legal employment. (laughs) All right, so my vision for parenting keeps me working towards modeling my faith, fostering healthy relationships, and being a good steward of my own finances. It's a goal that I'll never reach because I have to work on it daily. But I think through almost in every interaction I have with my children, I'm thinking about my vision of what I want their future to be like. Vision inspires hope for a better future. 
So to recap step three in being intentional in leading our life, family, and career, we learned that developing a vision of the future is imperative because it inspires passion and hope for the long haul. It shows us what the future looks like when we hold true to our mission and purpose. Our fourth and last step to being intentional in leading our life, family, and career is to clearly define our values. Clear values within your life is an absolute must because it sets the priority for what parts of your life are to be protected and nourished for growth. Without clear values, you're more likely to succumb to the overwhelming forces acted upon you. Forces like um, other people's priorities, expectations, values, and even societal pressure in general. So speaking of forces acted upon you, have you ever watched a wrestling match or an MMA fight? Now, (laughs) please forgive me. I am in no way, shape, or form an expert on wrestling or MMA fighting. So all the wrestling and MMA lovers out there, please forgive my lack of proper terminology. But the one thing I can easily observe when an opponent is trying to knock you off your feet is that you don't expand your body out, you contract it in. Your arms are in to protect your midsection and your legs are bent to stabilize your stance. So in other words, you get low. Now, according to my absolutely amateur eye, it seems that the lower center creates a steady foundation for defense and it makes it harder to be exposed or to get you off of balance. But it also prepares you to make an explosive move to take the offensive. So what in the world does wrestling and MMA fighting have to do with being intentional in your life? Well, in my opinion, a lot. An MMA fighter is very clear on his values of what parts of his body he needs to protect, and he creates a fighting stance that allows him to build not only a stable foundation as a defense, but also a place of power to make explosive offensive moves that thrust him closer to his goal. So yes, an MMA fighter has clear values to prepare him for the big event. So I'm done with MMA fighting. I hope I didn't mess that up too bad. But let's turn back to you and me. Do you have clear values that you know without a doubt are the priorities and resources that you need to lay as a foundation to protect you and grow you? protect you from an invasion of lesser things, but to grow you towards the life you wanna have. So of course you can probably make a list. Have you, but have you really named them? Have you drawn a line in the sand on what matters most to you? See, values are not just a list of words that you like. They are to be lived out. They're to guide you on your journey as you live out your mission. They govern what you believe and how you behave. So I'm gonna give you an example from my business. So with BR Essential Services, that's my leadership coaching business, our core values are written to drive everything we do. And they're written like this. At BR Essential Services, we rise to meet the needs of those we serve. And with RISE is an acronym for my core values, relationships, integrity, service, and essentialism. So now each core value is defined so it is clear. And it is then further explained by stating the belief behind that value the action taken because of that belief, and then the outcome, what it is in living out that value. So that's a business example, and you can visually see it if you go to beressentialservices.com slash about, you'll see a visual example of that. But now I also wanna give you a family example of what defining your values can look like. 
So let's talk about family. <laughs> and my poor family, they're going to feel like uh, preacher's kids. Please don't tell a story about me, but I'm sorry. I'm going to. So are you being intentional in planning what you want your family legacy to be and how you want to spend time together and especially what you want your children to learn? So I, I want you to reflect for a moment before I share mine. I just want you to stop for a moment and think about your day. What did you do today? What important family conversations did you have? What are you being intentional and in modeling for your family, your children, your spouse? All right, now I want you to zoom out and I want you to think about the last year or even the last decade and ask yourself those same questions. My fear is that we become so accustomed to a life where we bounce from one activity to the next that before we know it, we're overbooked, overwhelmed, and our best years will be, ah, over. <laughs> or maybe we're struggling to do life and we've become accustomed to needing to check out and numb ourselves with countless hours on our phones. And before we know it, we've wasted our life on Candy Crush, Wordle, or Facebook scrolling, or Insta Reels, or TikTok. Now, another day live fast and furious, but you have no cool sports car to show for it. <laughs> Now, in Patrick Lencioni's book, The Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family, he tells a leadership fable about restoring sanity to the most important organization of your life. The most important organization of your life is your family. Now, the fable describes a family in chaos. They're running to and fro with commitments. And finally, the husband pops off to his wife saying, Quote, if my clients ran their companies the way we run this family, they would be out of business. Now, <laughs> needless to say, a fight ensues, but it also becomes the catalyst for the family to become more intentional in building and supporting an intentional life and family legacy. So have you ever taken time to name your family's foundational beliefs and values? By taking time to name what your family believes and values, you will become more intentional in modeling them and helping your children learn them through their own experiences. Be intentional in naming and modeling your family's beliefs and values. So now back to my family. So with our children, my husband Jason and I developed a family foundation board to help us all focus on what we believe and what we value. Now we did this after reading uh, the Patrick Lencioni book that I mentioned. So this board actually hangs in our kitchen. <laughs> and for my teachers out there, yes, it's an anchor chart. All right. I cannot tell you how many times we point to it and use it when we're having conversations about a current situation in our life. We use it to anchor everything that we talk about, that we do, reasons why we uh, do the things that we do, and we explain what's most important to us. So our family mission statement is to live a life of integrity that is intentional and authentic. And here's where our values come in. Now we explain to our kids that our values are the behaviors, the beliefs, that people like us do things like this. Or in this case, Reese's like us do things like this. And so here's our list of our family values. We grow in the fruit of the spirit. We improve our mental capacity through learning, thinking, and problem solving. We care for our physical health because our body is a temple. We put family first. We work hard and serve others. We practice minimalism because we always want to know what value is. And we practice financial freedom by living beneath our means. So that's just an example of how we 
we're able to be intentional in developing and talking about and modeling what we value as a family. So I really strongly encourage you to sit down with your family and talk about what your values are and explain it and then model it and then talk about it. Remember, impress upon it over and over again. Today we discussed how most people, and yes, leaders, are being passive in their lives. Most people just live their life by accident as victims of every circumstance that happens to them. But no more for us in the Leadership on the Rocks community. We will be active participants in leading, planning, and living into our purpose for our lives. We will be intentional in living the life we are meant to live, not only as an individual, but as a leader in our family and at our workplace. So the four ways we're going to live, work, and lead intentionally so we build the life we actually want to live is by one, having a clear mission. We will find our God-given purpose in life and know what our higher purpose is within our families and our work. Two, we will develop clear working boundaries. We will run our calendar and our emotions and not let them run us. We will make time to work on our lives or the business instead of always being caught up in the sand elements of them. Three, we will develop a clear vision, dreaming of what our version of the future looks like when we live out our mission. And fourth, we will determine and prioritize our values, deciding what principles will drive our behavior and therefore our outcomes. All right, now go forth leaders and be intentional. God bless. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, if you feel like this podcast is helpful, will you do me a favor and share it with your friends, family, coworkers, or anybody else who's trying to grow in leadership, but also wants that harmony between work and home? Thanks, and I'll see you next week. And remember, the most important rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Proverbs 29, 18a. Where there is no vision, the people perish.